and welcome to the Post Party Project. My name is Amy Heinrich and I am your host. Join me as we chat all things postpartum, celebrating the highs and supporting you through the lows. Everything pregnancy and birth is just such an exciting time, but often chats about postpartum experiences get missed or overlooked because everything's about the baby, which we are also totally here for. But I'm here to hear you and hold you, figuratively speaking, and to listen to your experience. Think of this podcast as your safe space to share, vent, cry, laugh, and know that you're not alone. Now, let's get into it. Hello, welcome back to the show. Um, in today's episode, I speak with Jess, who was diagnosed with HELP syndrome. HELP syndrome is something that I personally experienced post-birth, so it was great chatting with Jess and comparing our experiences. You can hear my full story on episode one of this podcast if you're interested. Um, HELP syndrome is a potentially life-threatening disorder that is associated with preeclampsia. Jess was not diagnosed with preeclampsia, but that was my experience with disorder. HELP syndrome is a disorder of the liver and blood that can be fatal if left untreated. Jess speaks of her experience with the disorder, how she felt postpartum and how she's feeling now in her second pregnancy and going towards her second birth. I hope you enjoy today's episode and listening to Jess's experience. I would be so grateful if you had a chance to subscribe to the show if you're enjoying it. It'll just make sure that you don't miss out on any episodes um, and share it with a friend if you enjoyed it and if you don't mind and leaving me a review that would just mean the world to me in getting my episodes and my podcast out there into more ears. I also wanted to quickly mention my other business, Bev's Buzz Break. So Bev's Buzz Break is a lower percentage caffeine with full strength flavor. The idea is that you can take a break from that caffeine buzz created with pregnant and breastfeeding women in mind who wanted to consume less coffee but don't want to settle for a terrible tasting decaf. I originally weaned myself off caffeine before I fell pregnant. After a bit of research, I knew it was what I needed to do to support my hormones and I knew you had to be quite careful of your caffeine consumption while pregnant and breastfeeding. We work directly with one of Perth's best coffee roasters to create these delicious blends and the feedback I've had on the flavor has been incredible. We currently have 29 five-star reviews on Facebook. Um, you can check them out on the Facebook page, which is just Facebook forward slash Bev's Buzz Break. Um, and I want to give listeners of the Post Party Project 10% off to buy if you want to try a delicious coffee. Um, use code PPP for 10% off at checkout. Um, you just, the website is bevsbuzzbreak.com.au. Now let's get into the chat. Thank you for joining me today, Jess. I am really excited to get into your story. I think um, after just before chatting with you, we have a couple of things that might be similar. So I haven't spoken to anyone about um, anyone with the same kind of situation before. So I am really excited to chat with you today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. So yeah, to start off, tell us a little bit about yourself and who's in your family. Yeah, so obviously myself, Jess, um, and I've got my husband, Richie, um, and our little boy, he's 15 months, his name's Archie, and we've got um, another one due in January. Oh, awesome. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> so what do you do day to day? Do you Are you working at the moment or do you stay at home with Archie? Yes, yeah, so I work three days a week. So I work in marketing at the moment. So it's, it's quite good. I can kind of do a bit of work from home. So he's in childcare a couple or a day or two and my mum has in the other the other days so oh nice yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, how was your pregnancy? How did all that go? Yeah, the pregnancy was pretty uneventful, really, like overall. Um, and I didn't really have too much happen. I had pretty bad morning sickness at the start for about 30 weeks, actually. I was on all, all the medication, you know, to try and control that. But apart from that, I didn't really have much, yeah, happen, really. I got like the pelvic girdle pain and things like that towards the end. But until about 35 weeks, like, yeah. I was completely fine, really. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, um, did you have much thought on how you wanted your birth to go? Did you have like a plan or anything like that? Yeah. So I had done the hypnobirthing course and I'd hoped for kind of like an unmedicated birth at the time, which turned out completely nothing like that in the end. But um, that's what I was hoping for. Um, and yeah, we wanted a vaginal birth if we could. And that was kind of the plan, I suppose. I just I was kind of going into it pretty open minded. And yeah, just kind of seeing what, what happened, I suppose. But yeah, it kind of took a yeah. turn. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you mentioned um, it all went well up until 35 weeks. So what kind of happened for you around then? Yeah, so 35 weeks, I probably, it really happened at 36 weeks. Um, but I probably Probably in hindsight had symptoms from about 35 weeks you know and I was kind of putting them down to just like normal pregnancy symptoms you know like I didn't really I was just thinking oh the, this pain's like normal and maybe it's just like the end of pregnancy you know the last couple of weeks you think this is what people say it's hard and uncomfortable you know so I just kind of put it down to to that but um I guess around yeah 36 weeks I started getting like this like stabbing pain up in my like upper abdomen abdomen <laughs> I yeah, it was kind of coming and going so like one day I would have it then it kind of like would disappear um and then around you know I don't even know yeah about 36 weeks I ended up calling the midwives and just saying like look this pain's pretty bad like what, like what could it be is it serious I don't think it's labor but like obviously I didn't know but it was pretty like severe so they just kind of said look just monitor it take some Panadol and see how you go so we did that um, and I kind of went through the day that was fine the next day I was still pretty sick but just took it easy um, the following day which was a Tuesday I ended up yeah I was completely fine like I went back to the gym I was like completely normal I even had like a appointment with my obstetrician that day as well to just have a checkup and I was like no I felt sick yesterday and I told him what happened and he was like no just keep an eye on it but that seems fine like <laughs> no no problem um but that night I ended up getting this severe pain back again but it was like excruciate like it was unbearable so about yeah my husband had gone to work and at the time we were living with um my family like my parents because we were renovating so um luckily my mum was home and I just like I called the hospital and I was like I need to come in like this is like I cannot do this anymore so my mum I worked like went in and got my mum and I said look you need to drive me to the hospital and I still laugh because she's like oh you know just if you can just wait for um you know like me to have a coffee and <laughs> I was like oh if I can wait that long but anyway so yeah I ended up um, getting driven in and got monitored for that day they gave me some pain medication eventually it took a while for them to kind of work out they didn't really know what was going on because all my bloods were coming back pretty normal my urine sample was pretty like normal there was a high like a little high protein thing but um like other than that there was nothing really happening like from the bloods and stuff like that so um I ended up going to see my obs because we were all in the same hospital thankfully and he admitted me that day and I ended up getting the pain relief and I just stayed in for testing really and yeah it kind of just went from there I didn't really come out after that so wow did they like were they expecting any sort of mild preeclampsia or was it like because your bloods and everything were okay they ruled that out yeah so I think at that point they were like they were bit lost um as to what it was I think there must have been something going on that I was unaware of at the time you know like maybe they were just like there was a reason they obviously admitted me you know um but at the time they didn't really have an answer for me at, you know that very minute so anyway I ended up staying overnight and getting the um blood tests 
quite regularly, like every couple of hours through the night. And yeah, like the next day, and at this point, I'm feeling fine again, because you know, I've had the pain medication. I'm like, no, I can go home. Like, this is all good. So I ended up, yeah, the next day, my obstetrician came in, and he just said, like, we think it's help syndrome. I think like my bloods had started like elevating the liver enzymes and the platelet levels were dropping. And he was just worried about because I think the risk is that if you your platelets drop too low, I think your risk of bleeding out or you can't have a cesarean and yeah, all those scary things. So I think they were really like, I was quite close to that level at this point. So they were saying first thing in the morning, like we'll induce you. So at that minute I got a stretch and sweep and which is kind of started the contractions overnight. So yeah, it was crazy. Like I didn't have a bag packed. I had like nothing like ready at all. So my poor husband had to go home and like do it via Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) Good idea. (laughs) (laughs) How far far along were you now then? So was this around week 36? Yes, I think it was about 36, three that I went in and he was born in the end at 36, five. So and so, but yeah, did they check him at all? Like he's like, did they do ultrasounds to see that he was okay to come out or was it just like, just had to sort you out? Like he had to come out. Yeah, they, we did do some ultrasounds. Um, I mean, he was still like growing, obviously. They didn't, like it's not ideal, but he was also like nearly at term as well. So at that point, it was kind of like basically a life or death thing. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Um, they were basically like, yeah. Another time, like my obstetrician didn't really explain how serious it was. And I think for like my own benefit, like he was basically like, don't Google it, don't, <laughs> you know, but basically you'll be interested tomorrow. And that's like, that's the end of it kind of thing. So yeah. um, in hindsight, I think. I wish I'd known a little bit more just going into it because um, also like I ended up with the postpartum um, situation as well, which is why I ended up like so sick. But, um, yeah, I didn't really understand the risks of it, like the whole thing, you know, the whole syndrome basically. So Yeah, I even found um, because, yeah, that kind of that happened to me post-birth as well, but I found when I kind of got home and I recovered from it, when I Googled it, I still found it really confusing to wrap my head around. Yeah. I don't know if you felt that at all. <laughs> yeah, and even now I still like can't fully comprehend like what was going on, you know, and yeah. Um, but basically, yeah, your liver's struggling at the time as well. So that was, that was the cause of the pain. Um, yeah. So it was basically shutting down, I suppose. But um, so, yeah, I was induced the next, next morning. So yeah. yeah. And so then how did, how did that all go? Yeah, so the birth was, um, it was interesting. So I'd been contracting overnight, like every five minutes or so. So I didn't really get much sleep that night. Um, and then in the morning we were taken to the birth suite and um, given the drip, you know, the oxytocin drip. And I was a bit disappointed because I really like I'd heard so many bad stories about the mm. you know induction and yeah I really wasn't feeling it but um, <laughs> I had no choice so yeah it's gone in and I was um, pretty nervous so they were saying oh you know we'll keep it at the lowest dose and just like take it really slow and but it was really frustrating because obviously I'd done all these like hypnobirthing courses and things and I just felt like I couldn't even get off the bed like I was attached to every kind of machine and oh and, yeah you know and um. If I had known what I know now, I would have just gotten epidural from the start, you know, because I just, yeah, it was very intense for me. It kind of, um, within like about 25 minutes of getting the drip, like I was contracting every 20 seconds. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah, it was horrendous. Mm. <laughs> I was basically convulsing. At that point, um, I was on gas and air, but like it wasn't really doing much. Um, and so I'm um, just trying to think what kind of happened so yeah I think that my um the midwives all kind of came in because at this point I think they thought well maybe he's like it's about to come out you know he's coming out now 
so she checked me again and she's like yep you're you're basically out of 10 like you can like start pushing that's why like it hurts so much you can yeah he's just there and I was like oh cool so you know I think yeah I've just done it you know this is great it's not taking long at all you know how um, long had it been it literally been like an hour at this point probably <laughs> Um, yeah it was was crazy and so so I started kind of pushing but then my obstetrician came in at the same sort of time and he checked me again and he was like no no no, stop stop like you're only at about like a seven or something like that stop pushing like you know he's not ready to come out Um, and obviously I'm still getting these contractions around every 20 seconds so it was just it was wild so at this point I couldn't even communicate because I was like yeah I was completely out of it and um, because did you end up getting an epidural at all or you were just still pushing Yeah, so they had basically gave me like an emergency epidural. Like I don't even really remember how it happened or what happened. Um, but yeah, he basically asked my husband for like permission pretty much to get oh it my done. God. Um, yeah, it was crazy. And um, obviously, as soon as that kind of happened, I was able to just like relax, and it was like it was like I just clicked out of it. It was really weird. Um, obviously, I couldn't feel anything anymore. Um, and then I think we probably had about an hour or so before my obstetrician came back in the room and just said, "Look." you know um now we know it's Archie Archie's like under like got fetal distress sort of thing if you're not at a 10 like we're probably gonna have to go do it like a Caesar basically um just to get him out and so um luckily I was at a 10 so I was able to have the vaginal birth that we'd hoped for um which was so lucky um and yeah it didn't take long like I think I was only pushing for about 15 minutes and so (laughs) birth all up like from very start to end was about three hours so wow yeah that's crazy (laughs) and to be at 36 weeks as well like (gasps) yeah it was really crazy so I mean now I know if like I have to be induced this time I know I will just get an epidural straight away if that's how my body responds you know Um, so yeah no so he came out and um he was a bit um like he wasn't crying like they had the pediatrician come straight in because he was a bit I don't know floppy <laughs> you know he wasn't really with it um wasn't crying all that so they just had to help him with oxygen and um just sorting out his blood sugar levels and things like that and I guess he was a bit smaller as well I think he was about two and a half kilos so he wasn't huge and yeah but like once they kind of got him got him going he was he was fine so yeah we had like some cuddles and like I was completely fine like as soon as the epidural wore off I was like having a shower I, like I felt completely like fine you know yeah. I felt really good we had I had no tears nothing at all wow that's awesome yeah Yeah. I was super lucky in that sense which made a big difference I think in recovery overall you know but yeah then I guess a couple of hours later when it all kind of yeah so did you get to stay um did Archie stay with you or did he have to go to the NICU at all yeah so he um so when he first came out we were kind of just doing like the whole you know just sitting in the birth suite I'd have a shower um you know we were just chilling and then when we got moved into our room because we were private so we were just in like a a private room um it was like probably an hour or two into it they just like his blood sugar levels just weren't increasing he wasn't really just feeding yet because they were saying like it's not till about 37 weeks in the womb where they learn to actually suck properly you know so he hadn't really had that chance to to do that so he did end up going he was pretty jaundiced the blood sugar levels all of that so they just took him for it was meant to be just a night um to NICU and um they had him there just with the feeding tube and just checking yeah checking yeah. his mind. but he was fine it was just I think more of a precautionary yeah thing, just to get him getting going I guess yeah (laughs) and so then how um yeah how did things start to unfold for you did you end up feeling worse or were they monitoring you still yeah I kind of felt like they just left us to our own devices which was nice you know and obviously Archie went off and like that was fine like um 
you know, we knew that that was, that was what had to happen. And then it was probably just as he was leaving, it was probably about 9 o'clock, so he was born about 2.30, 2.30, I think it was, and he, yeah, probably about 6 we got moved into the room. He probably got moved about 7 to the NICU, um, and then probably about 8.39, I started getting this like niggle again in my back and it felt like I pulled a muscle. Like I think I've heard people say this before where they're like, you know, they're just uncomfortable. And I thought, oh, for sure, it's just because I was like thrashing around in the, the birthing suite, you know, and um, I thought I just pulled a muscle in my back and I was complaining to the midwives and I just said, look, like I think, yeah, I don't know, my back's super sore. Can I just have some Panadol or something, you know? Um, and they, um, yeah, they gave me the Panadol, um, but it just kept creeping and creeping in. So they gave me, um, I think at some point they ended up pulling my obstetrician just to be safe. Um, and they gave me, ended up giving me like Endone and two shots of morphine because it was continuously getting worse. It wasn't like nothing was taking the pain away. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did the one shot of morphine. So this is obviously creeping into the middle of the night sort of thing. And yeah, they did the one shot of morphine. 20 minutes later, they gave me another shot because at this point, I'm really like getting uncomfortable now. So it's probably just as well Archie uh, was now in healthcare, mm-hmm. you know, for the minute. So yeah, nothing was working. So about, I think it was probably about two o'clock in the morning, my obstetrician ended up coming back in um, because they couldn't find any veins in my arms anymore. They couldn't like get anything into me. Um, yeah, they tried the ECG machine. They like honestly just had no idea what was going on because this pain was just excruciating. Like I've never felt anything mm. like it. And it was funny. Like some of the midwives, would, they would say things like, "Oh, maybe you're just constipated," or and I was like, "No, like, this is, I feel like I'm dying." So no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what severe constipation's like. <laughs> you know. So anyway, he came in, um, and yeah, when they couldn't find the veins and things like that, they were getting a bit concerned so um because they couldn't get anything stronger into me because they couldn't find a vein you know so yeah, they ended up putting a call out to like anesthetists all over melbourne basically to find someone that was available to come and put this like drip into my arm um, so yeah i ended up getting moved back into the birth suite just so they had like better lighting and things um and yeah so they ended up taking me there someone rocked up some random guy rocked up and put something in my arm um and he said to my husband don't worry like once she has this drug whatever it was um she'll be knocked out like don't because i was it was probably pretty distressing for him really you know um, well so he said don't worry like this will knock her out she'll be you know good as gold and nothing like i was completely still in so much pain like they just could not get it under control so at that point like my obstetrician you could just tell he was stressed out you know at this point oh um, yeah and the midwives, everyone's running around. And, like, you get the feeling. Like, they try and stay calm, but you can you can tell, you know. Mm. Um, and at that point, I was seriously, like, looking at my obstetrician, like, am I going to die? Like, this is, like, honestly how bad it was, you know. I was thinking, I'm going to die here. Mm. But, yeah, no, so they ended up calling the paramedics to take me to the ICU just to see if they could fix it, like, the pain there. Um, so I got transferred over. It's basically a different hospital, um, but obviously still part of the same hospital. So, yeah, I got transferred down there and then um, I was greeted by, like, a whole team of people and they put me through, like, a um, what are those machines called? You get the scans, like a... Oh, I'm not even sure. <laughs> a scanner, yeah. Yeah, I went a scanner. Um, and so, yeah, and they were trying to find, like, if I was having, like, an internal bleed or, they, you know, what was going on. So they end, I ended up coming out of that and I just said to the head, this head doctor, I was like, what is going on? Like, you know, this is so bad. Um, and she's like, look, we found like basically like a micro, all these mini micro bleeds all over your liver. It looks like your liver's bleeding basically. <gasps> oh, um, my God. Dying. Um, so it basically was like an internal bleed, but it turned out it was like these little micro bleeds that were coming up obviously as a mass on this scan. Um, so 
from that point, I don't really remember too much because I got must have got wheeled into like a room in the ICU and um, I was, yeah, pumped full of like ketamine, fentanyl. And like I was saying earlier, you know, like the next stage was an induced coma if that wasn't able to take the pain away. Um, so luckily that took it all away. Um, but it kind oh, of You must have been so relieved in that moment. Like you're just probably like, please work. Like, <laughs> Yeah, oh, it was like the weirdest. I've never been in a situation where you're like, you you really are worried because you're thinking these people like can't even get it under control and they're like mm. the best people to be around, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's where I ended up in ICU for I think it was about two days um, overall. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I just like everything that you're saying is like bringing back my memories as well. I remember being in the ICU and looking across at the doctors and her face like because all of the medication wasn't working to bring my blood pressure down and they were literally, she was like, just give her more of this. And then they were like, we just have. And then just seeing her face like, oh, shit, <laughs> that was literally the vibe I got. And I was like, oh, no, if like the head doctor here is stressed, like even though she was trying not to show me, but I'm like I just felt everyone's energy around me being stressed. Yeah, it's full on, isn't it? And like, yeah, you, you do get a vibe, even though they're amazing. Like the doctors and nurses we had were like unreal. Um, yeah, you still got a vibe, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. So then what happened after all of the drugs and stuff? Did you end up going to sleep or and was your partner with you as well? Yeah, so, well, I felt so sorry for him because he, at the time when I got transferred, he had to stay at the hospital because obviously all our stuff was there. Mm. Archie was there now, like, you know, we had someone else to look after at this point. So, um, so yeah, I think he ended up staying in the room for a while until he got kicked out because um, obviously they needed the room again. Um, so Archie's in NICU and he had, like, basically nowhere to go. So the poor guy, like, just sleep <laughs> for, like, days because he was just... Oh. Walking back and just forth. Floating you know. around. Yeah. Um, so he, I think eventually, so I was, yeah, obviously I was completely out of it. Like I don't remember like a time frame feels like five minutes to me, but it was like two days, you know. So oh, And you wouldn't have been able to text him or anything. Like I remember that for me. I couldn't use my phone. Like Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just pumped full of so much stuff. Um, and so yeah, he was coming back and forth. And I remember him being there like in and out. Um he called my parents at that point and just said, like, I can't be in two places at once. Like, you need to come and help, like, you know. So they ended up coming and um, sitting with me, I think, throughout the day and he'd just swap. And um, and then, yeah, they ended up, um, I briefly remember, like, they had a nurse come in and, like, Richie had to, like, express colostrum out of me and then walk it back to the NICU and give it to us. Oh <laughs> so it was pretty crazy. Um, but, yeah, I was probably there for two days um, and then, they started weaning me off the medication. So um, just to see if the pain had kind of gone by itself. Um, so when they started weaning me off, like I was fine, like, you know, the pain had gone. Um, the, I think the hardest part was obviously I wasn't with Archie at the time. So like I missed out on the whole, you know, I think that's probably the hardest part for me. It's like, like he met like my mum and dad and like his other grandparents and I wasn't there. Like I wasn't a part of that whole meeting yeah. them for the first time which is pretty crappy really because you don't like you don't get that back you know mm -hmm. and it's like it's kind of a, a time that you think about before you even have your baby you know so um but otherwise I mean my doctor was advocating for me to get back to like the maternity ward and yeah I ended up staying I think in hospital all up probably for about I think it was probably about a week or so overall um so I eventually got transferred back to the maternity ward where yeah I was just getting every single blood tests like I was covered in like you know <laughs> bruises um and it was so interesting like because my platelets were just so low um at the time I think 
I think they were like under 60 or something. And like when they were expressing the colostrum, um, my because like the the clothing's obviously not there, my boobs were just like covered in bruises, like they were black and blue. It was crazy. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, with like the liver enzymes, uh, look, I'm not sure what they even meant to be at, but they were over 700. It was like over seven times the Mm. Amount, I think so um, and that was just from like these micro bleeds apparently oh my so, god that's crazy so how yeah. did that all like how did they how did that fix itself do you know or does your body just start healing <laughs> I think it just starts healing I don't think that there's much that they can actually do to fix it you know I think it was just I was like unlucky to get the postpartum part mm. of it as well um so yeah I don't know I really yeah I was monitored like so closely though for that rest of that week um and then even weeks after, like I'd left mm. hospital, you know, so. Yeah. But yeah, it was so crazy because like as soon as it had, like fixed itself, I felt like, I mean, obviously you've thrown into, from being on ICU to being thrown into a new mum, like it was pretty crazy. Mm. But other than that, like I was completely fine. Like it was so wild, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you, so you stayed in hospital for a week and then um, was Archie able to come straight back to you as soon as you were back in the maternity ward? Yeah, he was like kind of monitored as well. We were both being closely monitored, but yeah, he was like he was able to come back, so um, yeah, that was good as well. So we kind of had a big reunion. <laughs> so yeah. I was kind of like meeting him again for the first time because, like, I'd been I'd only really seen him for like a two hour period before that. So, yeah, did yeah. you guys have any um, COVID protocols that you had to like watch out for? Or like, uh, yeah, um, ours was kind of like in between. It was like, you know, I think it was May 2021. So um, we were just before that, like, second big lockdown, you know. So um, we were pretty lucky. I think people could come and visit. Like, my parents definitely visited through the ICU and things like that. Um, but, yeah, and, like, I think most of our family came in within that week, you know, individually. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we were pretty lucky, I think, in, in that sense. Like, we didn't yeah. have to do anything too crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's nice. I think like, we were a bit annoying, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and so how was Archie? Was he pretty much okay after, after like monitoring and stuff for that week? Yeah, he was fine. Like he, um, health-wise, he was fine. He had a couple of like things to check on, like his kidneys and um, he had problems with his kidneys um, and his jaundice and things. But otherwise, like he was, yeah, pretty, pretty healthy. Yep. So yep. We oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, so how did you decide to feed him? Um, so we bre- like exclusively breastfed till I think he self weaned at about ten and a half months. I think it was eleven months. Um, mm-hmm. So we breastfed till then. Yeah. Yeah. And how was it in the hospital? Was it were you able to do it straight away? Like you said, his sucking reflex was may- yeah. maybe not developed. Or yeah, no, he was quite good actually. Like once I we were reunited. Um, yeah, we kind of um, we, it was probably the easiest part of the whole experience for us, which was oh, that's good. Nice. You know, like um, yeah. I was just thinking, oh, great, here we go. You know, <laughs> this is yeah. Thing. But we, it was probably the most natural part for us. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good. Yeah, you needed that. <laughs> yeah, I just needed something a little wind would be nice. <laughs> yeah. um, so, how did you feel when you got home and you settled in? Yeah, um, it was pretty good. Like, I think, um, I mean, we were a bit hectic. We were still renovating, so my husband was trying to finish the house because he came early like we, we thought we had three more four more weeks up our sleeve you know so um but yeah we were kind of yeah once we settled in it was yeah it was fine we just ended up in the lockdown that was probably the hardest part I think um and because I was feeling fine you know I'm a pretty productive outgoing person like I didn't want to be stuck in my house 
with a new mm. baby. Um, and my husband, um, he could work. He went to work. So, like, it was literally just me at home. Yeah. So that was probably the hardest part. Like, I, yeah, did struggle with that, I think, a fair bit. I think, like, a lot of new mm. moms, you know, in COVID. But, um, yeah, it was good otherwise, you know. We I kind of, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. So were your family, because I think, um, I don't know, all the rules were a bit different what was happening in Perth versus Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, were you not able to have, yeah, family over at all in that in those early weeks with him? Or were you, yeah, not yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, not really. So I think the first couple of weeks, maybe like first two weeks we were fine, I think it might have been. Um, and then, yeah, the restrictions came back in. So, um, I mean, you know, people would try and pop over and like sneak around a little bit because it was like, you know, mm-hmm. you need some support at times. Um mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was, it, um, it was crazy. It's kind of sad, really, in hindsight when so many families missed out on, you know, yeah. watching that, like, first bit. And even just the help, like, just to have someone, like, come and help you do whatever you need to do that day, you know, get dressed or yeah. whatever, you know. And um, I was still recovering, like, obviously from the birth, but the whole the whole thing as well, you know. So yeah, um, I was pretty, like, exhausted and, yeah. 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 yeah yeah so yeah your support did you have much of a support network around you then like through all that yeah I mean like look my family was awesome you know they did what they could and uh, Richie's family were pretty good as well his parents um would be dropping things off um but yeah you just can't have that it's like just that contact isn't it that first like you know one-on-one contact with someone um in person that kind of I think yeah makes that experience a little bit easier you know yeah. um, but yeah, it was good. Like I think, I think, um, yeah, it's hard. In it was hard in COVID. Just even with your friend, you know, your friendship group and stuff. Like you feel like I was kind of maybe it was my expectations, but you know, I also felt like, well, why is this person like not hasn't even messaged me or you know? Mm-hmm. But everyone's caught up in their own COVID world that maybe like yeah, it was my expectations. But I did find that hard. You know, you can't even pop over to see a friend and they're not popping over to see you. Yeah. I don't know, it was like my expectations were maybe too high. I don't know, but, yeah, yeah kind of maybe I was lonely, you know, because you're just sitting at mm-hmm. home by yourself, so you feel yeah. it more than they do. But Yeah, yeah, and I feel like it's so different. Like everyone has individual, yeah, like you said, expectations. But one of my friends, I was chatting with her the other day, and she thought that when she doesn't have um, a baby, but she was saying that she thought that when people had babies, they wanted space and they wanted like they didn't want people annoying them all the time. And so then that yeah. was what she thought that people wanted. And That's so I'm right. like, oh, I'm, I'm like, I wonder if there's like some people who think that like, oh, I'll just wait a wait a month or so until they've settled in. But for me, like, I feel like I'm similar to you. Like, I wanted all that love. Like, I wanted to be smothered by everyone. Yeah, I know. And it's just like I think, yeah, you just sometimes expect things from people that maybe you shouldn't, you know, like they've got their own yeah. lives as well. But um, I think just being in COVID like accentuates that whole feeling, you know, because mm-hmm. you're kind of like, well, I can't even go out by myself because I can't go anywhere, you know. So. Yeah. Did you feel worried about COVID um, with Archie being a newborn, like him, like you guys actually getting COVID in that time? Um, not really, to be honest. I wasn't really too stressed about that. I kind of, um, I would have rather, rather have like risked going yeah. out than not, yeah. Than not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your like mental health was, yeah, important there as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it was good. Like I had one of my best friends, she had a baby five days earlier. So at least we had each other to kind of like you know, talk to yes. it. Yeah, that's nice. good. Yeah. Um, did anything pop up for you that you didn't expect in your postpartum period? Um, not, not really. Like I really like loved it, you know, and I felt like um, it was everything I kind of imagined it being, like hard and, you know, um, all the no sleep and 
um, feeding all the time. Um, but yeah, like I really loved like the newborn phase and like the postpartum. And I think because I had such a crappy start to the to the journey, it, like anything else felt like amazing, you know. And I was just happy that everyone's healthy and mm. we were all kind of fine, you know. Um, yeah. So otherwise, yeah, not really. Nothing yeah. too crazy. Yeah. How did you feel, um, I guess, like mentally? Did you feel like you had um, much trauma from your experience or did you speak with anyone and have any like birth debriefs after? No, so I think that was probably part of um, being in COVID that was probably the worst because you kind of like you do start Googling like what actually happened to me and, you know, like, mm-hmm. like I don't like, yeah, you don't really understand until you really look into it what it is and you're like, holy shit, like that was really serious, you know, mm-hmm. like that could have killed me literally. So um and now I know why they were so worried, you know, in, in the moment. Um, but I think, um, yeah, I haven't spoken to anyone, but now I'm pregnant with my second. I think um, I will go see someone because I am starting to, like, you know, think about it again and think, oh, God, like, mm. especially because it's the postpartum part that worries me the most because obviously they're monitoring you for, like, it happening prior and, like, there's a bit of a plan in place for that. But you know, like what happens after, like, because it, it can happen up to six weeks after I've heard. So, you know, I'm mm. kind of nervous about that. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, we will, like, I definitely go see someone just to kind of mm. understand exactly yeah. <laughs> what's going on. So it's so, yeah, it's so interesting because I, I feel like I spoke to so many people about my birth post birth. And um, in those early days, I went and saw my midwife for a checkup. I think I was about six weeks and I felt like I was okay. Like I honestly felt like I'd spoken to everyone. And I felt okay. And she just, I remember she just grabbed my knee and like, literally it felt like she looked into my soul and she's like, you've been through so much. How are you? And I was just like, her just saying that I was like, oh my God, like I had tears in my eyes. I'm like, no one like looked into my soul and said it. I feel like it's easy when you tell a story, you kind of like, like personally, I feel like sometimes I like deflect a little bit and I'm just like, oh, it was okay though. Like I'm still here. I have a healthy baby. And it wasn't until she literally looked into my soul and she's like, but how are you? Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? And I think like, yeah, you can like joke about it once it's happened and you're, you're fine. And like, I'm a bit the same, you know, I just like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm fine. Like it's all good. Um, and I think as well, like even when you do try and have like a conversation with someone, like they can sympathize, but like they weren't there. Like they didn't like, they weren't the one thinking like far out, like I could die here. Like I'm actually worried about this, you know? Um, and I think like, yeah, people can sympathize and say, oh yeah, that was sounds so awful. And like, you know, they do sympathize, but yeah, I think it's like that really deep per, mm. like, you know, situation that you're dealing with really, you know. Yeah, and because same for me, I, I wonder like if it was going to hit me a lot more when I get pregnant again. So that's why I find that, yeah, really interesting. How, yeah, how do you feel? Do you feel like you have, yeah, do you feel nervous or how do you feel going into the next one? Yeah, so I think I've been fine so far. So I'm only 16 weeks at the moment um, and I know not really anything can happen before 20 weeks sort of thing and like I know all like you know I've spoken to my obstetrician he's told me all the stats of like you know the percentage of it happening again is still fairly low but it's obviously higher than someone that say hasn't had it before um and things like that so like and I fully trust him like I think we'll be like you know he'll be on top of it mm. um so but it's funny like some people say well at least you know now like they'll be monitoring it and you're like yeah but I also like I'm, I, I feel like I'm a ticking time bomb at the same time you know you're like yeah you know, like I don't know yeah so, yeah, I think, like, I am nervous. I, it's like the deflecting thing again, you know, you mm. kind of say, no, everything should be fine. And mm. but, I mean, you don't know. And um, that's probably why I'll go, I'll go see someone and just 
debrief, you know, that means I have to go every two weeks just to like get it off my chest and yeah. so, you know, um, because you want to go into it still. I don't, I guess my biggest concern is giving birth um, and then still being super anxious that it's going to come back. Yeah, it's more like the anxiety is that you're waiting for it post-birth. Yeah, so you want to still enjoy like your um, baby, you know, and like, yeah, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely. For another episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's totally how I feel as well because mine didn't really like get super serious until, yeah, post-birth. And then, um, yeah, like when I spoke about my story, I I felt like I was, I had the couple of days in ICU, but then it came back again, like three days later, my high blood pressure came up really hectic again. And then I was like, how is this happening now? Like four days post-birth, like, is it just going to keep happening? And then there was that kind of like anxiety around that as well. So I feel like I'm going to be like, oh yeah, pregnancy and birth was okay, but when is it going to hit me? Like, yeah, always waiting. I know. And it's crazy that everyone has such different symptoms with it as Mm. well. It's like, I had never had high blood pressure or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah. But it was just like that's obviously one of the biggest symptoms that everyone talks about. Um, mm. And I think that's probably what the scariest part was with mine anyway was like it was basically I had no symptoms until it was like really serious, you know. So yeah, um, I, I find it so bizarre that it's almost mm-hmm. like a silent killer, you know. Yeah. I guess, yeah, well, I guess in a way, like at least they are ready, like you were saying, that's what people were saying, they're, like, they're ready for it. So hopefully that means that they can be a step ahead and control yeah. it for you before you, so you don't have to experience that again. Yeah, no, exactly. So like, yeah, there's two minds to it, I guess. But um, Yeah. I'm actually, um, I'm actually speaking to a birth trauma specialist in the next week. So I'm really excited to ask her about all these things. <laughs> yes, I know. I think there's lots like to be said about, you know, like the mental part as well as the physical trauma, you know, because I think, yeah, it does creep up a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so what have you found most challenging um, postpartum in your experience? Um, probably the lockdown, I'd say, was probably like the hardest part. Um and we also had a, a non-sleeper. So I actually ended up at sleep school twice um, oh. around like six months. So, um, yeah, he was waking like every hour. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah for every night, you know. Yeah. Um, so I was like a shell of a person at that point as well. Um, oh. And because you like, you know, you're stuck in COVID as well. It's just like this whole, it's basically a storm, isn't it? A cluster storm of uh, mm. things going on. So, um, yeah, so we ended up doing that. And that, that for me was probably the absolute hardest, the sleep. The sleep yeah. issues that we had. <laughs> so, what were they able to suggest for him? Was there was there much? Like, did he have any anything wrong? Or um, he didn't really have anything wrong with him. He was just kind of uh, a non-sleeper. But um, yeah, they were able to put up good routines in place, and um, mm. yeah, it got us on a, a better path, I suppose, yeah. for the sleep. So, yeah. Um, Sorry, I can't complain. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah. how do you feel? Yeah. How do you feel going into your second um, in terms of sleep, having a toddler as well? Yeah, well, look, he's really good now. Like, I, I really can't complain. Um, but, like, I think it's, I think, you know, it's just the confidence the second time. I think I feel a lot more confident, especially not being in COVID, um, have, being, being the second, you know, I think it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. To, make, to be confident in your own decision, you know, what you're doing yeah. is right. Yeah. yeah. Um, what have you found to be most rewarding? Well, I'd probably say, like, like the breastfeeding journey for us was like amazing. Like we, like I loved it. Um, so I'd find that obviously rewarding. Um, and then just like meeting, like I met a good group of friends in my mother's group, um, you know, and like just having a, 
a healthy baby really you know it's like a, a reward in itself so yeah um, yeah no probably yeah. Those, those three yeah um so if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice what would that be Oh, probably to trust my gut, I think, um, especially like at the start of um, the HELP syndrome happening um, mm-hmm. and having those symptoms probably earlier than I would have like, you know, had said. Um, so probably, yeah, back in, you know, if I had gotten those symptoms at 35 weeks, I wish I had just said, no, something's wrong, you know, mm-hmm. at the time instead of just kind of playing it down and, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, just not wanting to bother anyone and not wanting to go in and you know, it'd be nothing. So I think this time I'll be like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on what I, and what I want as well, I think like, you know, going into the birth, like understanding what like an induction actually is. Like I really didn't expect it to be so intense and there was no real um, explanation, you know, to like that could happen. Like, yes, like sometimes it doesn't happen, but for me mm. it did. And like, obviously that happens for people, you know. Um, so just, yeah, probably just backing myself a little bit more, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's so hard with symptoms as well because I like um, Ivy was breech and I kept thinking because I was getting those sharp pains as well and I kept thinking, oh, it's just because she's in a weird position Um, and then I was just like dismissing it as well and like I was getting because I yeah had the preeclampsia and my body was just getting more and more like puffy and swollen and I was just like, oh, well, this is like also a pregnancy symptom and you just like it's hard when it's your first because you don't really know either. Yeah, and you really do second guess you don't want to be like I mean I'm the type of person that doesn't want to be a nuisance you know and I just mm. thought oh, like I don't want to I'm still complaining that I'm sore and like why like everyone goes through this you know but yeah and I think, I think that sometimes because I when I went in I had a midwife um at one point and I had a headache and that's when I went in and she was kind of like I felt like she was a bit annoyed that I had wasted her time because my blood I felt like (laughs) that's how she was acting but my blood pressure and everything was normal when I went in to be monitored and it was at like 4 a.m and I felt like she was just annoyed because she was like having a busy day or busy night or whatever and I was like oh like it's just that one experience even though the rest of them are so lovely it just you just sits with you as well so you're like oh I don't want to be a nuisance like I'll just be over here dying I don't want to upset anyone (laughs) I'll just die slowly and quietly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Uh, um, is there anything else that you'd like to um, touch on today that we haven't covered? No, I don't think so. I think, um, yeah, I just think it's something that needs to be spoken about more, really. Because I had honestly, I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah. Before, you know, I mean, I'd heard of preeclampsia, but had never heard of HELP syndrome. Um, and even preeclampsia, really, I hadn't taken much notice of it because I didn't expect it to happen you know yeah about like anything to do with that yeah um so I think it's good that like you know people like yourself are talking about it because it's Mm. it's important you know to know yeah and like we were saying like the percentage of you anyone getting it is so small but then it's probably still quite a a lot of women that are still experiencing it yeah no exactly so um no I think it's good that we're starting conversations about it you know yeah oh well thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story I'm sure it'll be really helpful for a lot of people at least if like I guess it's something that you can just be aware of because you don't really know if it's going to happen to you if you're pregnant but yeah I I love like talking about it so thank you for coming on all right thanks for having me it was good Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you think this chat would help anyone else out there, um, please share it with a friend. And if you're interested in sharing your story um, and your postpartum experience, you can hit me up on Instagram. I'm at the post party project, um, or you can send me an email, the post party project at gmail.com. Thank you.